Kevin actually asked me this morning if I was going to be insufferable today. I told him just a little bit because of Notre Dame and LSU winning. That's about as insufferable as I'm going to be today, Kevin. Yeah, I about had a heart attack a couple of times last night. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Ruth, chapter 3. Today we'll be looking at verses 9 through 13. Now, when you think of redemption, what comes to mind? Now, in the Old Testament... Redemption had two meanings. The first meaning of redemption is how we think of redemption as Christians. It means our salvation. We see that in the New Testament. Redemption in the New Testament is in regards to our salvation from sin. But in the Old Testament, redemption could also mean the regaining of a possession. Regaining of a possession. Now, today, what we're going to look at is redemption, but we're going to look at Christ's role in redemption. Because when we look at Christ's role in redemption, it actually deals with the regaining of a possession. Whereas in terms for us, redemption is salvation. Look at Ruth chapter 3, verses 9 through 13. It's written, Then he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore the wing of thy garment over thine handmaid, for thou art the kinsman. Then he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, Thou hast showed more goodness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, were they poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, 
I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry tonight, and when morning is come, if he will do the duty of a kinsman unto thee, well, let him do the kinsman's duty. But if he will not do the kinsman's part, then I will do the duty of a kinsman, as the Lord liveth, sleep until the morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. Just illuminate your word for us, Lord, and help us just to take what we learn today and help us to apply it into our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that you would just be with us today. Just let your spirit be made manifest here today, Lord. And Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision today, just pray that you would speak to their hearts. And Lord, I just pray again that you would just be with those that are sick and shut in, those that could not make it today, those that may be traveling. We just lift up each one to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And Lord, again, I just pray that you would be with me today. Give me the words to say today and hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, you may be wondering why, if we're looking at Christ's role in redemption, we are looking at the book of Ruth. We're looking at Ruth in particular because of these verses. Because these verses give the best explanation and example of the law of the kinsman redeemer. Now, we see the law of the kinsman redeemer in the book of Leviticus and the book of Deuteronomy. If you were to look at Leviticus 25.25 and Leviticus 25.48, you'll see the, the law of the kinsman redeemer there. And then if you were to turn to Deuteronomy 25, verse 5, you'll also see it in Deuteronomy, this law of the kinsman redeemer. Now, when we look at the, the kinsman redeemer, this is Christ's role in our redemption. Now, what the law stated was if a man had died or if a man was poor, and he had to sell his land, or if he had died and he did not have any heirs, then someone who was a near kin to this man could purchase the land. And if it was someone who was poor, he could purchase the land on behalf of the one that was poor, that had lost the land because of debt, and give that land back to the person, and then that person would be redeemed the land would be redeemed for this person. In the case of someone who had died, then this person who was near kin could say they were going to redeem the land, marry the widow of this person that had died, and if they had children, then the children of this man would inherit that land on behalf of the person who had died. And then it would be as if this person had never died in Israel. Their name would not be stricken from the role of Israel. 
so they would inherit the land in the name of the dead. And to redeem this possession, the person had to be a blood relative. They had to be a kinsman redeemer. And when they claimed the right of redemption, the possession would become theirs. They would possess this property. Now, in Ruth, what we see is that during a drought in the land of Judah, Naomi, her two sons, and her husband left Israel during this drought and went to the land of Moab because the land of Moab had not been affected by the drought. While there, Naomi's two sons married two women of the Moabites. One of these women was Ruth. Naomi's husband and her two sons died, leaving Ruth a widow. But instead of going back to her people, Ruth instead moved to Israel with Naomi. And she told Naomi, she said, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. So what this does is it opens up the possibility of the law of the kinsman redeemer being played out. Naomi would not have to forfeit her husband's property that was in Israel because Ruth came back with her. And what we see in the book of Ruth is that Ruth started to glean wheat and corn so that she and Naomi would have something to eat, but what she was doing is she was going to a man named Boaz's property to do this. What we find out is that Boaz is kin to Naomi. And thus, he could be the kinsman redeemer in this case. And that's what we see here in these verses. Ruth pretty much lays at Boaz's feet, and when Boaz wakes up, He's startled that someone is there. And she tells him, basically, I want you to marry me. That's what she means by lay your your garment over me. She's like, I want you to marry me because you are my next of kin. You are the kinsman redeemer. You can be the kinsman redeemer. And Boaz says, you know, he's touched by this because... She could have went and went after someone who was young. She could have moved back to her people. But instead, she has pretty much asked someone who was probably Naomi's age, the age of her father, to marry her and redeem this property. But Boaz is also touched because Ruth is showing adherence to the law of God in doing this. That's why he tells her, you know, we know that you're a virtuous woman and you're showing more kindness now than you did at the beginning because she's trying to follow the law of God in doing this instead of going out and finding a younger husband. So what we see is Boaz also tells her that there was someone that was near kin to her, and we'll look at that shortly or nearer kin than he he was, and we'll look at that shortly. But what we see later is that Boaz does become the kinsman redeemer. 
He marries Ruth and becomes the kinsman redeemer. And we see that he is also, he and Ruth are also ancestors of King David. But what we want to focus on here is the kinsman redeemer. Boaz redeemed the possession of Naomi and Ruth. He redeemed it. And when Ruth had children, those children inherited that land. And we also see that one of those children was Jesse. Jesse's father, and then Jesse, and then David. They inherited that land that had been redeemed. Now, what does this have to do with Jesus Christ? In terms of our redemption, whereas while we look at redemption in terms of salvation, Christ looks at our redemption in terms of reclaiming a possession. That's what we see in the Bible. He is our kinsman redeemer. He had to be kin to us in order to redeem us and become our savior. To redeem us, he had to come in the flesh. He had to be God manifest in the flesh. And we see this in John 1.1 and John 1.14. If you look over at John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then if you look down at verse 14, what does it say? And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see Christ being manifested in the flesh. He became flesh. And to redeem us, he had to be made flesh. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then if you were to look over in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 17 through 21, it talks about how Christ is the Redeemer. In Isaiah 59, 20, it says that the Redeemer has come to Zion. Talking about the Messiah coming, coming to Zion or Jerusalem to redeem his people. We see in Hebrews 2, 14 through 17 that Christ had to take on our likeness. He had to be born of the seed of Abraham and take on our likeness, our flesh. He had to be human in order to be our redeemer and our high priest. Now, to be our kinsman redeemer, Christ had to be related to us. To fully redeem us, he had to be related to us. And that's what we see in the Bible. Turn over to to Luke chapter 3. Now you might wonder why there's genealogies listed in the Bible. This is one reason. If you look in Luke chapter 3, Luke lists the genealogy of Mary. From Mary, now he lists Joseph there, but that's because Mary was a woman and he was listing the men. 
he was listing the, the men of this line. So he lists Joseph. But we see in the book of Matthew that Joseph's father's name was Jacob, not Helah. So this is Mary's line. And it goes from Mary all the way to Noah, and then from Noah all the way to Adam. Look particularly at Luke 3.36. We see Noah. We see Shem, then we see Noah's name. And then if you look on down to verse 38, you see Adam listed. Because of these two people being listed here, and everyone in this room, everyone on this planet, is a descendant of Noah, and we are a descendant of Adam, Christ is kin to us. He is our relative through Mary. Because Mary traces her line to Noah and Adam as well. That's why Luke lists that. To show that Christ is related to us. That he could be our kinsman redeemer. That according to the law, Christ could be the perfect sacrifice for us and redeem us under the law. Christ is our relative. And we see this through Adam and Noah. He's kin to us. Born of the Virgin Mary, he is kin to us. Now what this also means is if, that you, if you deny that Adam existed and you deny that Noah existed, you are denying the fact that Christ could be your Redeemer. Because to redeem us according to the law, he had to be related to us. And we see this relation through Noah, and we see this relation through Adam. So if you deny Adam and Noah existed, you are denying that Christ could be your kinsman redeemer. Coming to redeem us according to the law, taking back his possession from the clutches of sin as he died on the cross. And to redeem us from the clutches of sin, to make us his possession, he had to be kin to us. He had to be related to us by blood. And we see that in Noah and Adam, that he is related to us. Just as Boaz redeemed Naomi and Ruth's possession because he was related by blood to Naomi, Christ can do the same for us because he is related to us by blood. So Christ redeems us the possession of God his creation from the sin that separates us from God. 
Whereas we see the end of redemption in terms of salvation, Christ sees it as regaining a possession. His possession from the clutches of sin. So Christ is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is also our kinsman redeemer. He redeems us and makes us his possession. Now we also see something else in Ruth. Once the land was redeemed, the child would have all the rights of the heir. The child that was born to the kinsman redeemer would have all the rights of the original heir of the land. But something else took place. That child would also have the rights of an heir to the one who was the kinsman redeemer. So he would become heir to two to two people, two possessions. And that is why the nearer kin, if you look in Ruth chapter 4, that's why the nearer kin, when he found out that he would also have to marry Ruth, he said no. He said, because that could endanger my inheritance and the inheritance of my children. So he didn't want to do that. But our redemption in Christ is similar. Think about what happens when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Once we are redeemed by Christ, because he is our relative, he is our kinsman redeemer, we become heirs to the promise of God. We become the heirs of the promise of God. Full heirs to the promise of God. We're the first fruits of Christ. Those that receive Christ as Lord and Savior are the first fruits. We're the heirs of the promises of God through Christ. Thus, as Paul says, when we are redeemed and adopted into the family of God through this redemption, we can call God Father. We're heir to the promise, we become his children. And this happens by believing on Jesus Christ. Receiving him as our Lord and Savior. It also comes through his role as our kinsman redeemer. So this shows why he came. Manifest in the flesh, born of the virgin. He had to be like us. He had to be kin to us in order to redeem us and to make us his possession. And to redeem us means that we are safe from sin. We are heirs to the promise and adopted into the family of God. So let us not overlook the role of Christ in our redemption. Because it is through Christ and his role as kinsman redeemer that we are redeemed from sin and made his possession in the family of God. Let's stand for prayer.
Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we could just be here today to worship. I thank you, Lord, for redemption and what that means. And Lord, help us today, Lord, as we go into this time of invitation. If there's anyone here today, Lord, that needs to make any decision, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. Just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.